I'm really glad that you guys were able to make, to make it tonight. I hope you have been enjoying the sacred marriage session. We are going to get into our third session tonight. I just want to do the intro slides a little bit quicker than usual because I think most of you are veterans already after two weeks. But we're going to watch a video. After the video, I have some discussion questions that are actually from the author, Gary Thomas. We're just going to talk about some of his discussion questions based on the video. Uh, and I do want to encourage the ground rule that if you're going to confess somebody's sins, don't make it your wife's sins or your husband's sins. Make them your own. Um, if you feel the need to talk about your spouse's shortcomings or wrongdoings, this is probably not the best setting. You might want to find a couple you trust or a counseling couple you could talk to. But let's not try to air out the, the grievances and faults of the other person here tonight. So you can, you can buy the book and read it. It's not necessary um, for this class, but many people have found it helpful. Some people have found it profoundly helpful. Here's, here's what it looks like. comes with a DVD. So I want to re-encourage you to maintain or build a friendship with another couple who can be involved with you in your marriage. And let's watch the episode. Are you guys ready? Yes. <laughs> Wismar is like the tech guy. He knows how to turn. In this room, it's not possible to turn off the lights. I'm just telling you. It's not possible. There's not a switch for it. It's a law. You have to have one room in the building. But Wismar knows how to turn off the lights. So we are, we are, we are glad to have Wismar. So um, any initial comments? Before I get into some of the questions out of Gary Thomas's workbook, on this video. Um, any questions or thoughts, reactions to what we just watched? Any comments? Yeah, Mike. Uh, I, I just think for the, the singles out there, for that, that you, you mentioned, like one brother that was looking for this 10, <laughs> I think that, you know, the message of like this is that we all are sons and daughters. And it, and I don't want to take away from the, the romance or the soulmate, uh, but any one of them could get with another one and choose to love them right. and honor and glorify God out of reverence for God. I agree totally. As a matter of fact, I've had several dating couples ask if they, sh they could come to this class. I said, you betcha. You guys, many of you guys know Chase the New. Chase, are you in here? Yeah, so, so Chase is dating steady. Assistant, yeah. So I'm like, a wonderful s sister from, from Canada. So I said, Chase, come on, man. You ought to hear this stuff. So you're right. Any other comments or questions? Yeah, Tony. I, I love the last part uh, that he said that the love that you provide to the, your spouse is like an offering to God. That's amazing to me. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's so cool, you know? I, I, I agree. Anybody else? Uh, yeah, Stephen. Yeah, I think one of the things that impacted me was, um, you know, we're all, all we start being in, in, in a disciple that God goes first even above your spouse. Um, and then you have your priorities, God first and then your spouse. But it was kind of a, a, an eye-opener 
talk about the fact that your spouse is the child of God. And how yeah. you treat your spouse is the same way you want people to treat your, your children. And uh, I, I, never, I can't remember what book it was that I read many, many years ago. And it talked about how, as parents, we get to that stage where our kids are old enough to get out of bed by themselves. And the first thing they do is they always run into our bedroom, <laughs> jump on us, and wake us up. But at some point, they run past our bedroom and they go straight to the TV for the cartoons or for the cereal or whatever. Yep. And you're like, as a parent, you're like, oh, they don't come to me first anymore. <laughs> and how God feels when we get up in the morning and we don't go to Him first in the morning. Yeah. So That's that, good. Kind of correlated to that, that same thing. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That's good. Yes. Well, what I got from it is, well, something new, actually. Um, and that is, you know, having my wife and then looking at God as my stepfather. Right, right. So that that right there just put me in in awe of my wife. Mm. Because he's my father as well. But for me to look at him as a father in law mm. is like, you know, I want, I want him to know that she's in good hands. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, from what you said, from what Stephen said, I'm thinking, if you go to God and pray and you say, God, I really want to put you first, he's like, great, then take care of, your, take care of that spouse of yours. Plan A, step one. So now here's a question now. Gary Thomas has like kind of long-winded questions, so let's walk through this so we can understand the question. Think about a time in your marriage when your needs were not met and you responded by withholding something like communication or romance or intimacy or money or affirmation from your spouse. How did this withholding approach impact your relationship? Now, if you can't think of an event in your own marriage, maybe you could speak to the situation as a whole. How does it work when you react by withholding? How does it impact a marriage? Any comments or questions on that? Yeah, Portia. Um, I could say I personally tried that one before. <laughs> 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 if I'm upset with him, that doesn't mean that I have to be withholding it when I'm suffering too. Forget that. I'm <laughs> I forgot about that one a long time ago, but it does, it does, it, it, it makes you feel like you may be getting that person, but the truth of the matter is, you're hurting yourself. Yeah. So, it's like forgiveness, right? If you don't forgive, you're not hurting the person, you're really hurting right. you, and you're the one getting sick from not doing giving. That is, a, that is a great point. How many of you have used the silent treatment? I have, okay, so we're all, like, nobody's guiltless here. <laughs> so, any any more comments on this? Yeah, Tony. I find that this thing compounds on itself. Yeah. Mm. So you start giving the silent treatment, and then you don't even want to be in the same room or in the same house, etc. And it becomes worse and worse. Right. Uh, until you step up like an adult and go, hey, what happened? You know, and what happened between us, and let's fix it. Because it gets, it just, it drives you apart. Yeah, that's human nature. Like you hurt somebody, so they hurt you back. 
But then like my two boys, when they used to fight, they would fight until one of them hurt the other one so bad that they were crying or ready to kill each other. In other words, you keep hurting each other a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. It's a vicious cycle. Any other comments on this or observations? I'd just say basically almost what, what Portia said. I know that uh, when that happens, we're blessed that we don't do that any much, you know. But we're both miserable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. you're both miserable. Yep. Yeah. And and it sometimes I remember in our early marriage, it would last for days mm -hmm. until until one of us just got on our knees and begged God for Amen. something different, yeah. and then our hearts changed towards each other. Right. You know, but yeah, it's just a miserable state, and it affects your job. <laughs> it affects yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, it occurred to me this simple principle, if you hurt your spouse, you hurt yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. All right, any other thoughts on this before I move to another question? Yes, Anna. I guess, you know, from experience too, I've realized that whenever I would, you know, be upset with my husband, the kids are watching. Oh. And so the, and so the consequence trickles down, not just to us, but yeah. to our kids. Yeah. And so that convicted me a lot and I always say if they watch us argue they also need to watch us forgive Amen. each other yeah. right. ask for forgiveness because mm -hmm. that how, how are they going to learn to manage conflict if they don't see it modeled mm -hmm. from us so it's a big call for us because whether we want to admit it or not our kids are going to imitate what we do not what we say I, I agree as a matter of fact my observation has been this pattern of hurting each other has I've seen the worst of it not in marriage but between a father and son or between a parent and child sometimes an adult child and, and their parent could be estranged for years because they had one fight and neither one of them would give in like with your spouse usually people have to deal with it because they live with each other every day but a lot of times i've seen where a father and son or a mother and daughter would have to finally one of them would have to make the first move of finally being humble and apologizing or there's no reconciliation for years so i think we can all see this this pattern that if you hurt your spouse or you hurt your child you hurt yourself in a lot of ways so yeah, James. I had uh, uh, um, some time ago a, a what we might call a get back spirit. Mm. Mm. You do this, I'm gonna do it. You, you understand? Yes. And that's a thing that um, would really, I think, tear marriage apart. Really, you do your back and forth, back and forth. You do this to me, I'm gonna do. Oh, I'll get you. You know. That's 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 that's. I, I, I had that for a long time, a get-back spirit, until I became, you know, uh, not practicing that. So as a, when I became a disciple, my, my life changed, period. But my get-back spirit was a, some years ago. Right. Well, I, that's why I like that scripture that he used where he talked about perfecting holiness. Yes. You know, so if you naturally have... And most of us naturally have a retaliation, like you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. It's a matter of spiritual growth. That doesn't get solved when you get baptized. Like, you know, as you're growing in Christ and living in Christ, you take steps of maturity and you realize, I can't think this way anymore. Not if I'm a child of God, not if I'm going to walk like a Christian. I have to learn to, you know, in the, in the book of Proverbs, it, it talks about 
overlooking an insult is actually a virtue. And a lot of people in the world think that's foolishness. When you live in human relationships and you have the God's Holy Spirit living in you, you can see that it's not going to be successful if you just hurt back everybody that hurts you. It's just not going not to work out because we're all, we're all sinners. I'm going to see what his next question here. Oh, we're going to, I just mentioned this. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that can, contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Describe a time in your marriage that you saw a little habit, pattern, or behavior you had not noticed before. This is in yourself. How has that habit, pattern, or behavior changed since God brought it into the light? In other words, I condense this from even a longer question. What he's saying is, what have you seen in yourself that as you've gone through married life, you decided you needed to change? Does anybody want to share about that? I know this is a little bit of vulnerability. You're talking about your own life. But is there anything you've seen in your life that came to light while you were married that you decided, I'm really going to try to change this in my life? Carolyn. I can share. I think it had a lot to do with my um, short temperedness, my anger. Mm. I had a, yeah, my husband and I had an argument. And uh, just, you know, you're, when you're first married, or even in your marriage, a lot of your childhood and how you were raised oh, yeah. comes back up. Oh, yeah. You know, and how your parents reacted to each other. For sure. Yeah. And I did something that I was, uh, to the side, I'm totally ashamed of, horrified at. And, uh, you know, when that happened, I made a vow that I would never do that again. And my husband is just such a, a spiritual great man. He just, you know walked away <laughs> <You know? laughs> without any repercussion to me but you know that's what happens I think a lot comes in and you make that decision you see something really ugly in yourself something that that should never be there not for a godly person and you're like it's a turning point wow Thanks for sharing that. So I heard this preacher one time talk about this verse. It's Romans chapter 2. I think it's verse 2. It says, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. And the point he made was the problem with a living sacrifice is it keeps trying to crawl off the altar. <laughs> and so there's, there's things that I've tried to kill in my life. And later on, they come back to life. And, you know, so I have to be in full combat against whatever that thing is. But at least I've been able to see it and tackle it. I th did you want to share something? Yes, go ahead. Um, so my mom was a single mom with three kids. I became a single mom when I was 19. Can you speak a tiny bit louder? Pretend I'm an older guy. So, oh, yeah. all right. so my mom was a single mom with three kids. And I became a single mom um, at 19. And um, I didn't realize a lot of the times where we would have our differences or my triggers of my childhood that would spring up um, resulted into um, a lot of the abandonment that I felt when I was mm -hmm. a child. And so I think I have been projecting that same abandonment on Isaiah when I don't when we're not on the same page of like our parenting. And so um, we went to visit my dad and that was like the first birthday I've ever celebrated with him at 60. <laughs> and um, it was huge because I didn't realize that 
in that moment, one, I'm showing Isaiah like a completely different lifestyle that I didn't get to experience. Mm. And so I think a lot of times where if things aren't like we're not on the same page, my expectation is like, well, Isaiah's going to experience this because I experienced it. And so I think um, that was huge for me this past really week. All right. <laughs> And I was like, wow, like, Isaiah won't have a lot of experiences because he stepped up to be a dad to him. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. A pattern, a habit, something you saw. Yes. So it's something that I actually noticed before I got married, but I, God really made it obvious that it was something that I needed to change, and that was my tongue. Your my tongue. Oh, got it. Um, I, and I, it's a lot of it with some of the people shared about how you grew up and how you were raised. And culturally, it was, it's just kind of normal for, to grow up being shamed into submission. Mm. And so as you get older, you realize that you can kind of bite back by what you say. So yeah. it's like, you know, there's a saying, you know, when they go, you know, they go low, you go high, but the way that I was raised, you get to a point where it's not, you go high, it's like, you go long, going to hell. You know, so, so there was not a, t it's not tit for tat, it's like, you're going to be destroyed, you know? And so what I realized is, before I got married, I recognized, because my husband is so, like, calm, and I was like, oh my God, this is not going to work. <laughs> if, I'm like, I have to, I have to fix this before I get married, or we're not going to stay married, you know? And so I remember... Ephesians 4.29, I always say, say in my life. Mm -hmm. And it's true, because that scripture says that everything that comes out of your mouth should be helpful for building others up. Yes, amen. And benefiting those that listen. And I meditated on that scripture. It was my voicemail. Like, it was, I, I had to, I literally had to allow the word to change who I was. And knowing that this, the goal was for me, I was like, if I get married, I don't want to ever be divorced. So I know for me that is something that I knew I without a doubt I knew could lead me down the road to divorce. Because it was it was bad. And I can say sixteen years later it's it's something that he still has not thank God been victim to is that sword that I know that my time tell me your first name again. Blondie. Blondie? So I think that Blondie may be capturing here the spirit of this entire six-week series. Yeah. Like that you want, you want to be more godly to bless your relationship with God and to bless your marriage. And this, this attitude that you have about really it's repentance. To yeah. see something that you want to change and to be willing to change it is really powerful. Thank you for sharing that. I, I remember that, I think it was in episode one, Gary Thomas said, it's not so much that people fall out of love, they fall out of repentance. And when you stop wanting to change your own sins, that's not a good sign for your marriage. So anybody have any habits or patterns or anything else that they would like to share about that they tackled? Yeah, Tony, you get two more. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Before I was a Christian, I, ex you know, I, I came from a single, uh, single mom, you know, and uh, I never, never really had a, a role model as to be a dad or a family man. Uh, but yet I expected my wife to run the family by fiat, you know. Um, 
I realized after I became a Christian that in order to have a family, the dad has to be part of it. Mm. So that I, I had to change my pattern of being an absent dad, basically, mm. to being a person that would be collaborate with my wife to, to deal with the family, to bring them up in a godly way. Amen. Yeah, yeah thank you for sharing that. Yeah, Michelle. Um, it kind of goes back to what he, a bit of what he was talking about in the video, but um, just understanding the fact that my husband, well, we got married in the church, so that helped a lot, mm -hmm. but my husband is a son of God before he's my husband. And so constantly trying to remember that perspective mm -hmm. really, really helped. But the, the specific pattern for me was that I, I didn't realize <clears throat> how much I hold back and, and it's not even intentional, it was very subconscious, but I hold back the good things that I think, but I'm very quick to point out the negative things and be critical and judgmental. And, and it, 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 it would just naturally come out. And I just realized how, how that affected him. And I had to really, it's still not, it's still, I have to make a deliberate effort to uh, say the good things and, and try to say more of them so that when the bad things come out, you know, there's still a lot of good things that I'm speaking. It's, it's still a constant battle for me, but I realize that I can work on it in my prayer. But remember um, that acronym, ACTS, when you're praying? Yep. Yeah. I have to spend a lot of time on the A, you know, giving God praise, because I find that when I do that in my prayer life, it happens more in my actual life. Yeah, thanks for being willing to share that. Anybody else? Stephen. Mine, okay, so many, but, uh, and as everyone has talked about, dysfunction is the, the gift that keeps on giving, right? So definitely in my household, my father was the king of the castle. And so just a small thing, but something that I, I realized once I became a disciple that I had to change, was when my father was watching TV, you did not interrupt him, especially if it was like a sports Thing until the commercial came on. And, you know, thank God for DVRs. <laughs> so that whenever my wife came and talked to me, or later when we had kids, my kids came to talk to me, I would stop the TV and give them my full attention. Because I didn't want, I wanted to break that pattern of saying, oh, wait till the commercial, wait till the commercial. Because that's what I started at first when we first got married. Then I was like, what am I doing? I have to give my attention to my wife. I have to give my attention to my kids, not to some game that's on TV. Got it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. One of the things that um, I've seen in myself is I tend to be um, neglectful and I tend to be um, uh, dysfunctionally independent. And so when Pam and I got married, I would um, in ministry, like I would meet with somebody at nine o'clock at night for a cup of coffee or I would read till late at night. And a lot of times Pam would go to bed alone. And Pam hated going. She's like, I didn't get married for this to go to go to bed alone. And I just had to realize that I was just being out of touch and neglectful. And I just had to change that pattern in my life and like meet that need of my wife that I was being oblivious to. Like my wife has had to teach me how to love her. If that makes, does that happen yeah. to you? some of you guys in your marriage? Like, has your spouse had to teach you how to love them? I've had to be willing to receive her input into how we're, we're, we're getting along. We are, we're almost out of time. We're going to just do like maybe three or four more minutes. So rather than moving on to the next question, anybody else want to be open about their life? Have you had any patterns or things that you've seen in your life that you've changed? Yes. 
Thanks for. <laughs> so, I don't know. I like to. I uh, I like to think about things conceptually. I like to answer problems, and I have not answered this problem. And that is, uh, what is so bad about complaining? Like, I haven't figured out exactly. Haven't been able to put my finger on it but there's something really destructive about complaining. Like the story of the Exodus, you know, when the Israelites came out, God got really, really angry with the Israelites about their complaining. And there's just something about complaining that is damaging to relationships. So maybe someday I'll figure out exactly what that is. But if you think about the human spirit, we all have negative, negative things that have happened to us that we remember intense. Yep. But the positive things we often forget. Yep. Yeah. And so that's why complaining hurts so much is that we remember those negative Got it. Things. Got it. Okay, we're on the way there. Not thankful. I've also thought that... Yeah, if it needs gratitude to not be a complainer. And it all, it's also it's an attack on somebody else's leadership or their work. Like you're, it's, a, it's un, being ungrateful. I've, I've been kind of tinkering this for years and years. What is it about complaining? And maybe it's a whole bunch of different things that come together. But lack of gratitude for sure, negativity for sure. Yeah. So let's step away from complaining. Any other patterns, patterns or habits that you've seen in your marriage that you've made some good attempts to change and grow in? So, yes. Um, I think... So my dad, my dad. Louder, louder. Yeah. So something I observed from my from my dad growing up is that he he's a stuffer. So he doesn't really communicate emotionally different things, but he just stuffs it all in. Then one day everything blows up, and then he's back to normal. So I've always I never wanted to be I never wanted that trait. Right. So I, I think like the people I know are kind of like very vocal emotionally. I can tell how I'm feeling. I think subconsciously, I still, like, I still kind of repress some of that. Mm. So, I think when I got married, I was like, oh, you know, I think something my wife and I talk about that, like, I'm more <coughs> in tune. I think as of recently, when things get difficult, I've seen that, oh my gosh, I haven't, I haven't been letting things go. I've actually, as much as I say that I'm communicating and expressing these things, I'm still stuck with them. I'm not letting it, I'm not I'm forgiving my spouse, I'm not forgiving my son, and I'm not. And then I have this like random blow up, and it's like, where did all of this come from? Why did I get upset? Because he didn't listen when I asked him to put something away. Why is And because I'm so consciously continuing to stop this, and not forgive things. So I think that's definitely something. Yeah. Definitely haven't overcame that, but that's something I think. Thank you for sharing that. 
I heard somebody say most people are divided into clams or volcanoes, you know, one, one, of, the, one of the other. So what Pam and I came up with, I don't know when we figured this out. I think we've been married about 10 years, is that we needed to just say how we were feeling plainly, not with an edge, not negatively, not in a hostile manner, but not in a hint. You know, just say it plainly so that we'd be able to get it out early rather than waiting till it builds up, you know, and, and you, you want to explode. Maybe one more person, will, will, then we'll close in a prayer. Tom, were you going to say something? I raised my hand and then my spokesperson, you know. <laughs> Tom, my brother, yes. Well, no, just going, just as I'm listening to everybody and I'm thinking about my own life, I think, you know, when we're younger, especially in the early days of our marriage, especially young and young marriages, you know, it's it's hard to not be self-centered. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can and we can be a servant, which is what we're called to be, mm-hmm. but a lot of times we serve others before we serve our families. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then when we get home, we're like, I'm just exhausted. What's my servant? Or, exactly, you know, and it's really the opposite of that. You know, I think the way that we serve, we need to continue with that, but we need to start with our families. You know, because if we can start with our families, then, then really there's going to be so much more freedom there because you you, you served. And, and I think for me, that, that was a big lesson. I was like, I was out serving, serving, serving. I come home, you know, I, I need to be served. Right. You know, and that's just such a wrong attitude. But it, it allows, but because of it, it, this leads into so many selfish sins, you know, and... And, and then I love what uh, Brit, I think what Brittany was saying was triggers. You know, triggers are a real deal. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. I think uh, my wife likes to say, well, you need to get a PhD in your spouse. <laughs> because we all have triggers. And some of us, the triggers are much more um, deeper than for others. Yeah. And it's not, and so when someone has a trigger, and I say, so, like, I'll say something to Mary. And it pulls the trigger because of the way that she heard the family atmosphere that she was in was much more delicate than my family. You know, was, you know, and so it took me years to understand that I'm I'm pulling the trigger. Because I'm like, what's the big deal? You know, but once I understood I'm pulling a trigger and the impact of that trigger, that'll be with her her whole life. Yeah. You know, and so by trying to understand my spouse by serving her first and and understanding those triggers and learning how to deal with those triggers is super important. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. We're, we're going to wrap up. I'm just going to share a random scripture with you that Blondie made me think of before we close out. I believe it's Proverbs 15, verse 1, where it says, A harsh word stirs up anger, but a gentle answer turns away wrath. And so I used to think before I became a Christian that if you had something to say, it didn't matter how you said it as long as you said it. But I learned from the scriptures in the Christian life it does matter how you say it. So that's just a, a parting thought. I'm going to say a prayer. Can you, can you show the questions even though we're not going to um, get Yeah, afterwards. I, I can roll through them. So, um, so let me say a prayer. We'll close out. And I do want to remind you that usually Tony's class finishes after our class. So please fellowship quietly as you make your way out. And try not to walk into somebody else's class accidentally, okay? All right, let's pray together. Holy Father, thank you so much for giving us the marriage relationship. Help us to remember, Father, that our spouse is your child. Help that to change us, Father, and help us, Father, to continue 
to work towards a more perfect holiness, Father. Help us to be willing to be open to seeing our sins, be open to repenting of our sins as, so, to, so as to please you, but also so as to bless our marriage. Be with us, Father. Strengthen us. We pray in your Son's name. Amen. Amen.